All right, everybody, welcome back to Financial Friends and to This Week in Finance. Thank you very much for joining me this week. We are going to be discussing everything that has went on this week in finance. And if you are new to Financial Friends, welcome. Financial Friends is a community where we talk about everything business, finance, and investing related. So if you're interested in any of those things, definitely hit that subscribe button or that add button or that follow button or whatever it might be. Join us on the journey. Be a part of the friend group. We would love to have you. So this is a podcast where we talk about, obviously, by the title, everything that has went on this week in finance. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. We are going to be talking a lot of things. We're going to be talking Elon Musk, a lot of Elon Musk, um, Starbucks, Amazon, Boeing, Warner Media, the Federal Reserve, Warren Buffett, and a few other things. So let's just go ahead and dive right into it. First things first. Tesla has delivered 310,048 electric vehicles in the first quarter. This is, I think, their best quarter thus far. Um, Fantastic, right? Absolutely fantastic. Electric vehicles, this is a thing we're going to touch on again later, um, they're coming, right? Electric vehicles are the future, they are the current. However, the prices of them are still very, very high with inflation going up and the chip shortage happening and supply running low. Tesla's biggest challenge is to actually get and produce those vehicles. So them seeing these type of numbers is fantastic. There are going to be things that are going to hold back companies moving forward. So we will see if Tesla can continue this growth. Um, But really, this is only a small piece of the whole Elon Musk Tesla saga This is where it gets interesting, right? This is really the story of the week. Twitter was up 27% after Mr. Elon Musk took a 9% passive stake in the social media company. Literally the next day, the next day, he joined the board. So he initially took a, as I mentioned, a passive stake in the company. This was something that at the, at the, absolute moment was very, very interesting Consider he had been sounding off on Twitter, talking on Twitter, asking like, you know, do we want to see X feature? Should there be an edit button? Do we think that they're, you know, um, limiting or hindering free speech on Twitter? And Elon is a huge user of Twitter. He has a massive following. He's always active there. He has to get his tweets that are about stocks checked before he tweets them by the SEC, right? There's a lot that goes on with Elon Musk and Twitter. And he has been a big proponent, a big driver of the financial community, the meme community, and all that on Twitter. And here he is asking Twitter users with a big following, what do we want to see? He's the richest man out there, right? So so what type of move are we, we going to see him make? Clearly, a 9% stake, which is the largest stake, very important to mention, in Twitter. So he has a lot, a lot of say. This was day one, right? Makes this purchase, biggest shareholder, $2.89 billion position. The next day, he joins the board. There was discussion that first day, the whole, is he going to join the board? What impact is he really going to have? What is he really going to be able to do? Um, And well, this is what he did. Now, do we think that now with him on the board, can he make real change? Yes, of course. Elon Musk is going to be able to make change in Twitter. He's a massive user. He's on the board now. He has sway. He's the largest shareholder. He is going to be able to have some power. Now, what does he do with that power is going to be very important to the question of, is Twitter a buy? Should you own Twitter stock moving forward? We saw a 27% run-up that first day. 
The stock dropped a little bit today, being Thursday. I don't think that Twitter is a buy. For me, for me personally, I think that I want to wait and see what real change happens. We've seen tech being smashed. If interest rates continue to go up, my assumption would be that tech is going to continue to get smashed. We could see Twitter kind of combat that um, that general tech sector right downtrend if Elon Musk continues to sound off, continues to tweet, continues to say things because the hype behind all of this can drive the stock, especially with all of the sort of cult following that Elon Musk has. If he continues to talk and give promises and ask questions and push the limits of this is what I think I'm going to try and do, this is what I want to do, we could easily see People just flood into Twitter, um, users of, or I'm sorry, shareholders of Tesla, people that like Dogecoin, right? This could very easily become something like that. I don't think it's going to. I think that Twitter will start to see a bit of a downtrend. And as we continue to see that downtrend with the rest of the tech sector, then taking a look at what is Elon Musk actually doing? Is he making real changes? Twitter going to become a better place, but also can they make more money from it becoming a better place? And that's going to be the real question, especially from big institutions who potentially could see Twitter as this new social media with Elon Musk behind it, kind of changing the narrative that Twitter's not good at advertising or Twitter doesn't make enough revenue or doesn't generate enough revenue, that is, or you know, Twitter's filled with bots. If he can kind of change that narrative and then allow the company to then profit more, this could be a good thing for Twitter long term. Moving forward, Starbucks Howard Schultz is back, and the first day that the new interim CEO has walked onto campus, he decided that they would no longer be purchasing the billion dollars worth of stock back. This is huge. This is huge, especially amongst everything that is going on right now with the company. A lot of internal turmoil, a lot of people unhappy, a lot of Um, employees that is in specific unhappy with the way things are going, trying to unionize, trying to make change from within. And I think this is important. Long term, I would like to see Starbucks be a fantastic company, a fantastic company to work for, a fantastic company to purchase from, and a fantastic company to own stock. And I think that the business they're in, they can do all three of those things. It has to start on the inside. The employees, the people that are making your coffee, that are helping provide the cash flow to allow for dividends, the the smiles that you get when you walk into a place, that's what's going to matter first and foremost. And then, you know, appeasing the customer and then appeasing the shareholder, not necessarily buying back stock just for the sake of boosting share price. This is a good long-term move. I like this move from Howard Schultz. I think that this could help the stock way down the future, which is where I'm looking. Um, and so that's that's really why I think this was a positive thing. A lot of people, um, you know, talking about this, it's very important that the inside gets treated first. You want to work from that inside out because then those outer cores, aka the shareholders, are going to see much better returns, much better dividends, much better company uh, because everyone's going to be happy. I think that is very, very important. I think this is a good move. Amazon went ahead and signed a deal, a massive rocket deal, with three different firms, obviously including Mr. Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin. They signed deal. They will be launching rockets into the air, and they will be attempting to place and compete with SpaceX. They will be utilizing their Kuiper launches. Um, ULA will use a Vulcan rocket for 38 of these launches. Arian Space will use 18 missions to fly their Arian 6 rockets, 
and Blue Origin will get 12 with the option to launch, I think it was 15 additional times. This is going to be a space race. This is going to be a space race to put internet up in the sky so that everyone can have equal and fantastic access to said internet. This is going to be the Bezos versus Elon. Why is it Bezos? Well, Amazon is doing something with space. It has to do with Bezos. Bezos left Amazon. He's still with Blue Origin. He's still shooting rockets up into the air, breaking through the barrier, right? Just as Elon's doing, just as um, everybody else is doing. They're they're just they're playing with space, right? They want to they want to push the boundaries. They have enough money for Earth, so let's just go to space, right? This is going to be basically AWS, Amazon Web Services, trying to get up there with Blue Origin, right? And then Elon with SpaceX trying to get Starlink up there. I think obviously Starlink has a massive, Starlink and SpaceX have a massive leg up because they've been doing this for a while. I think they have a good chunk of um, satellites already up in space. Here we go. We have 2,000 satellites from Starlink already up there with 250,000 total subscribers. Um, if the service is good, I, I personally don't know. I think that this can definitely be easily, the, the lead can stay this wide. Um, but Amazon is going to make that push. They are Amazon. Competition is a good thing in capitalism. So uh, we, we would like to see both of these people succeed. If only one succeeds, that's a net negative, in my personal opinion. Then you're leaving space for a monopoly. You're leaving space for only one person, and then you can no longer have quality competition and control and lower prices and increased quality. That's what you're going to see if both Bezos and Musk make it there. They're going to want to compete with each other. They're going to want to have better service. They're going to want to be cheaper so they can get more people. This is just the way that capitalism works. Um, and so I would like to see Amazon succeed in this. I'd like to see Starlink continue to succeed in this as well. Boeing has tapped into all of the big cloud, um, cloud competition here. We have Amazon, Microsoft, and Google all signing with Boeing. This is going to obviously help the digital aspect. They've been going through some struggles. Boeing has not necessarily been doing the best. Their manufacturing quality has been um, a little bit downhill recently. And so they're going to tap into these three big companies, Amazon, Microsoft, and Google, to help them with that, hopefully to allow them to have more digital, um, better mapping, right? Um, there's all these different things they say here. These partnerships will strengthen our ability to test a system or an aircraft hundreds of times using a digital twin before it's actually deployed. Now, the big thing, the big takeaway for me here is that they did not sign with one of them. They signed with all of them. And this was done on purpose. It mentions a little bit later here in the article um, that they did not want to go all in on AWS, and instead they selected Microsoft and Amazon, number two and number three respectively, and took all of them in. It says, Boeing is the latest big tech customer to split its business among multiple cloud providers eschewing a centralized approach promoted by Amazon. When you're urged by a company to use you and only you, it kind of feels a little bit like they're pressuring you into something that you might not want to be a part of. That there might be some bigger objective here. Um, if AWS goes down, Boeing goes down. You don't want to have that. You want to have optionality. You want to have security and diversification. And they do all of these things by signing with all three companies. I said we were going to be speaking a little bit more of Rivian or of the EV space. And Rivian is back in the news having brought up its Q1 production 
to 2,553 vehicles. It kind of just sounds funny to say, oh, they got, they hit their goals, 200 or 2,000 vehicles. Yeah. Um, but this is big for them, right? Moving a step in the right direction after really not doing that when they decided to raise prices by 17% and then tell everybody that already pre-ordered that, yeah, your car's gonna go up by 17%. They obviously quickly retraced that. And now we are here where they have produced 2,553 vehicles. I do own three shares of this company. I got it at IPO price of $78. So clearly I'm not doing too hot. Um, the stock is below that significantly but I'm holding on for the long term. I'm excited to see what this company can do. I think they have a really cool product. Um, they're based partly in Michigan, uh, which is where I'm from, so kind of a little bit of hometown support, but I just figured I'd keep a little update on the EV space. There's also some news going on with GM and Honda working on a $30,000 um, a year vehicle, and Chase is getting into the charging game. Elon Musk um, and GM uh, GM CEO have met with President Joe Biden in regard to electric vehicle infrastructure. There's a lot going on in the space right now. I'm going to keep an eye on it. Um, and I'm going to continue to update you guys here on This Week in Finance because I think that this is really going to affect all of us in the long run. We just don't see the effects happening at this current point, but we will over time. Um, the big thing being pricing and electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Those are going to be the two major aspects, right? Can we produce cheap and effective vehicles or inexpensive, I should say, vehicles? And can we charge those vehicles just as we would fill up with gas in our car? We're going to take a quick pause here to say that if you are not subscribed and you're enjoying the video, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, we do videos like this or a podcast like this every single week. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I am posting a dividend video on Tuesday and some type of educational or informational or conversational style video on Thursday. So I greatly appreciate your support. Hopefully you can hit that subscribe button. Let's go ahead and move on to the next story. A little bit more consolidation is happening here. We see Warner Media CEO is going to depart the company just as the merger with Discovery is happening. So obviously we talked a couple of weeks ago about Discovery and Warner Media. They're going to combine HBO Max and Discovery are going to become one or Discovery Plus, I think it's called, are going to become one platform. This is huge in the streaming space as I just saw news actually this morning that consumers are overwhelmed with the amount of choices. I mean, we've talked about it consistently. You have Netflix, you have Hulu, you had HBO Max and Discovery before the merger, you have Peacock, you have, let's just see what else. I have my iPad right here. Um, ESPN Plus, you have Apple TV, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime. Uh, there are so many options out there. Paramount Plus, um, so many options that it can be a lot. It can be a lot to digest. Like, where is even the show that I want to watch if I buy it? Is it even going to be on there like three months from now? Things are constantly changing, switching around, being maneuvered. So this is pretty big, right? This is big news that we're seeing the CEO leave just as it's about to happen. Um, he left a very heartwarming note or email, it seems, that he really enjoyed his time with the company. He's still going to support. Um, he's still going to be around. But it looks like he is obviously going to be leaving now for the exact reason. I am not sure. However, it's interesting that it's coming at this time where it seems that the space is really heating up. Tech is getting smashed. I'm not sure. But the consolidation that we are seeing here is a positive thing. 
Will we continue to see more consolidation like this? Obviously, we see bundles like ESPN+, Plus, Hulu, and Disney+. Plus. Those three you can get all in one price for one monthly rate. Are we going to start to see that consolidation elsewhere? We know we're not going to see it with Apple TV. They're going to do their own thing. We know we're not going to see it probably with um, Netflix. They're going to continue to stay in their own lane. But will we see any type of deal with the Hulu, the Disney Plus, and all of them being kind of just compacted into one central place? Or maybe they might see more repeat customers. Are we going to see anything happen with Paramount Plus? Are they going to kind of continue to do their own thing It's going to be very interesting over the long run. I know I say that all of the time, but this is a space that I'm keeping a close eye on um, as well because, it again, we all kind of use these streaming services and with normal television slowly but surely kind of unraveling itself, this is going to be the new way of the new way. How many services are we actually going to end up with in the end? Who knows? JetBlue is going to make an offer for Spirit, $3.6 billion. This came at market close, I think it was on Tuesday. Um, this is big. This had a lot of people really confused. Obviously, Jet, or I'm sorry, uh, Spirit and Frontier, we covered that story a couple of weeks back. They're supposed to merge, right? There was a, a big announcement that these two companies were going to be merging. We were seeing, again, more consolidation um, just in markets in general. These sort of mid to low tier right airlines, both Spirit and Frontier, kind of merging. I joked around and called it like just the mega crap uh, like airline. Um, but now JetBlue getting into talks, buying Spirit. The CEO did mention that he kind of saw an opportunity here. As soon as the merger was announced, it was kind of a now or never situation where we wanted to get in. We wanted to kind of purchase that growth for the future. Spirit has a handle on the Orlando scene, right? Flying in and out of MCO Airport. They do account for an 11% overlap. I'm not sure what is going to happen here. Spirit has a decision to make. What are they actually going to do? I have absolutely no clue. I think it makes more sense that Spirit and Frontier kind of combine. They are really of the the similar price range, similar thing. But um, JetBlue here actually was ranked like ninth in consumer happiness. Spirit ranks sixth, so or on time flights rather. So, what really is quality, right? What really? I mean, it's completely random. It depends where you're going. It depends on the day. It depends on the weather. It depends on everything. Um, but we have consistently seen Delta perform well in both the rankings in terms of customer happiness, in terms of timeliness, in terms of on-time flights. So um, JetBlue and Spirit potentially merging or Spirit getting acquired rather and Frontier and Spirit potentially merging. We will see what actually happens um, in the future. Spirit would have to kind of unwind its deal with Frontier as that was kind of already going through. We'll see what happens. In the news, Mr. Logan Paul for good things over and over and over again recently came out with his drink prime and now he's coming out with a collectible platform that allows you to purchase fractional pieces of limited items you can click um, i'll leave the link below for this tiktok i'm not going to play it now liquid marketplace is the is his new platform um very very interesting right logan paul obviously building sort of a business empire here over the last couple of months 
first the drink, now this. He's been in the WWE scene. He's been all positive things since he took his big pause a while back for obviously some not so good reasons. Um, but it seems as if he's kind of changed. He's really knocking on the door of building a true empire. He's doing wrestling. Again, he's doing the drink and now he's doing this. Seems he's kind of combining all of his both business ventures and personal interests into an empire that really seems to be working. This is something that I'm going to keep an eye on. This is very similar to the platform Otis, which was acquired by public.com. Obviously, I'm always on public. If you want to go ahead and give me a follow there at Brendan Shima, you're definitely more than welcome to. I am posting every single day there. Um, But we'll see how this can compete. Is it going to get that true backing from his community and from the finance community or people interested in collectibles? that's a wait and see approach. He has a massive audience. I'm definitely sure it's going to get some traction. Is it going to be able to outpace these more traditional versions of collectible platforms? I'm not sure. We're going to have to follow up on another week in finance. The Federal Reserve is going to shrink its support um, by $95 billion a month, shrinking the balance sheet, obviously. And potentially, we're going to have a 50 point increase 50 basis point increase the next meeting this was discussed on or this was discussed and is looking like it could potentially happen obviously a 0.25% rate hike happened last time there was a lot of uncertainty surrounding Ukraine and Russia and there still is so will we see that 50 basis point hike that's going to be up in the air that's going to be for um some more qualified at least i would hope more qualified people than me to to decide. Um, but we will see there are going to be shrinking the balance sheet by $95 billion a month, that being $60 billion in treasuries and $35 billion in mortgage-backed securities. I was watching a video by Building Bread, Kevin Matthews. Um, fantastic. Go ahead, check him out on public. Just search Building Bread on really any social media platform. He is going to be there. But he was giving some insight on what this really means, shrinking the balance sheet. And he pretty much described it as if I told you I was going to give you, or you were going to put up something for sale and I was going to help support you and buy it for $50. If now I'm not going to do that, or I'm actually going to give that kind of back to you. If you could imagine him being the person who is acquiring these books or acquiring whatever product it is, if he decided to, I'm going to give those back to you, that kind of limits the support. And that's why I used the term $95 billion less of support, right? We're no longer holding this on the balance sheet. We're going to let these things expire. These bonds expire. We're not going to renew them. We're not going to purchase more debt from you. Um, We're not going to continue to help the economy, which is what they were doing as they were increasing the balance sheet. So we're seeing a lot of things unwind here. We're, you know, tightening up a little bit more, not as easy money flowing out there in the economy anymore. So we'll see how uh, that continues to affect both markets and the actual economy. Um, we did see it, think it was a an inversion at some point this week, or maybe it was last, which is a little bit alarming as well in terms of uh, recession. So not too sure what's going to happen there. I'm sticking with my long-term buy and hold strategy as I have a long ways to go with my investing journey. Obviously, this does not apply to you, nor is it financial advice. Mr. Warren Buffett is active as always as he's been um, recently. He's been in, in the news a lot. He's been making acquisitions, making moves a lot. I put here in my notes, and I've, I've said it multiple times today to others as well, investors are investing in this market. Warren Buffett um, deploying some more of that cash. He has a $4.2 billion 
$1,000 stake now. NHP, 121 million shares. I saw some rumblings and some news. Obviously, this doesn't seem to be an Apple-esque position, right? He's not betting long-term on HP, at least from what it seems. Seems like this is going to be a good place to hold some of his money in the tech sector, obviously at a cheaper valuation. And they're doing a good job of share buybacks um, and just kind of holding that value. So um, not too much really to discuss here. He has a lot of dry powder, a lot of cash. He's deploying some more of that. Anything he touches just goes up. So, I mean, if I had billions and billions of dollars, I'd probably just purchase stuff that seems like it's a good idea and let people pump the stock all the way up 14.7%. The news was out. Um, I'm not sure how much, but you think he made like $460 million buying this. And then the news comes out, stock runs up. He prints tendies. So that's about all I have for this week in finance. Really some major stories were surrounding Twitter. Um, and Starbucks was a big story as well. But these Twitter stories had me very, very interesting. I'm going to be very interested to see what Elon Musk can continue to do as he continues to tweet up a storm and just drive absolute hecticness of memes, stealing other people's memes, reposting memes. It's an absolute blast on Twitter. If you want to follow me on Twitter at FinFriendsYT, I'm on there pretty much all day because it's an absolutely fantastic tool to just tweet out and gain more information. So go ahead, give me a follow on there. If you enjoyed this week in finance, go ahead and hit that like button down below. If you want to see next week's, hit the subscribe button. And if you want to be notified when that video comes out, hit the bell right next to it. I will see you all in the next one. Have a great day.